For so many modern-driven women, life is about being more than one thing. We're multidimensional, and so are our conversations. We carry multiple identities. We can be both mother and artist, both attorney and entrepreneur, both clinician and CEO, both humble and proud. Life for women like us is about both, about all of the above. It's about the and. Our stories are the stories of so many of you. We wanted the freedom and flexibility to live life on our own terms, and we felt the pull to be more present with our families. But we still felt drawn to contribute, to build, and to create. And we wanted to establish financial security for ourselves and our children. For us, that looked like founding software companies, but for you, that may look different. Our mission is to help other smart, conscious women build and grow businesses on the internet. Starting up online can be overwhelming and isolating, but it doesn't need to be. Join us for honest conversations about what it really means to grow an online business that aligns with your values and adds something meaningful to the world. I'm Sandy Connery. And I'm Jenny Barcelos. And you're listening to the And She Spoke podcast. This podcast is brought to you by Marvelous. Marvelous helps you build and grow your own courses, memberships, and live streamed programs. Go from idea to open for business in just minutes. If you're looking for a simple, beautiful, custom branded platform to build and grow your online business, you can learn more at heymarvelous.com. Welcome to the Angie Spoke Podcast. Today, we spoke with CEO coach Chris Plackey. She is one of my favorite people in the entire world. And Chris coaches female entrepreneurs that are literally shaping and changing the world. Chris's work centers around her vision of proving the power of one thriving woman. I love that. She has over 25 years of leading and managing in the corporate world and has been running her own business for over eight years. Chris has culminated her work into practices applied by leaders all over the world. Her premier program, How to CEO, which we are a part of, is an unparalleled experience designed to bolster female entrepreneurs with everything that they need to know about managing and leading others to achieve results. This is not something that Jenny and I are naturally good at, and we have turned to Chris over and over with our team and team building and and leadership. So please enjoy our conversation with Chris Plackey. Chris, well, welcome to the podcast. We are so happy to have you. I'm excited to be here. (laughs) Chris Plackey, I would love for you to introduce yourself to our audience. Just tell us who you are, where you live, what you do. And I'm just going to give a warning to the listeners that Chris Plackey is one of those people that makes me giggle. So there's going to be lots of, I just giggle when I talk to you and I don't know so what do that's I. about. I just giggle all the time. I know. So it's just going to, I'll just be in the background making these silly noises. Anyway, Chris, please tell us about yourself. <laughs> so I shouldn't take it personally when you start laughing at me no. introducing myself. <laughs> yeah, no. Oh, that's funny. She calls herself that. That's cute. <laughs> so my name is Chris Plackey and I am an advisor to female entrepreneurs and CEOs. My particular weird area of expertise is I help women with team design and how to figure out who to hire and how to fire people and have difficult conversations and delegate and the very unsexy part of running a company, however, incredibly required. Yes. Very unsexy part. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I find what you do so fascinating because I think most entrepreneurs who go into business go into business because of the the service or the product or whatever they're doing. And then there's this other added 
I'm going to say baggage that comes along with it, which is difficult. And you have no training, no experience, no knowledge of. So mm-hmm. your expertise is very interesting. And I also, we worked with you a number of years ago, and I remember you saying, and I always think about this. I remember you saying, I'm just really good at building teams. Mm-hmm. And I was like, huh, is that a thing? <laughs> That's something that people do and love and really excel at. It's like, how fascinating. It is a thing. And it's an asset. Yeah. And it's even a bigger asset now than it was before because the workforce and the world of work is changing so rapidly. And, you know, not to get all serious, but the truth is employees, team members, people who don't want to be entrepreneurs, there's a lot of them, are not really tolerating bad management and leadership. Mm -hmm. And so if we want to grow our companies, we've got to get good. We don't have to be rock stars. We don't have to be like, love it, but we have to have really sound management and leadership practices to attract great talent mm-hmm. and keep them. Mm-hmm. That's like a truth. Today. What do you think is everyone's resistance around it? Like, I'm like, ah, I don't want to do it. Like, where does that come from when people... Well, because it's human behavior, right? Like ultimately managing and leading people is understanding human behavior and communication and dealing with things that, you know, people do stuff we don't want them to do, or they say things we think, why did you, you set that up? Like we want to control them. Act this way, please say this thing, get it done by this time. And then I'll be happy. And then I don't want to have to tell you if you didn't do it right. Cause why should I have to? Like, I'm an adult, right. you're an adult. Like, why do we have to? So it brings up all the stuff that we aren't really well taught anyway, which is communication mm-hmm. and how to make agreements and how to hold people accountable and how to hold ourselves accountable. Like, this is all stuff that, ew, right? Yeah. It's very grown up. <laughs> Chris, I wanted to ask you something on this podcast. And it seems like now is probably the right time because it flows from what you just said. So you specialize in helping female entrepreneurs. And one of the things that I've noticed as a leader and as a CEO is that I bring to this role, this very collaborative Mm -hmm. decision-making ethos or way of being. And I know that when I have been around and exposed to companies run by men, it's like much more of an authoritarian kind of top-down leadership style. And is that like... I imagine that's very common. And A, is that true in your experience? And B, like, what are some tools that women who are starting and running companies can use in order to be better leaders when they're used to really being, you know, collaborative problem solvers and they want kind of Mm -hmm. everyone to be on board and solve things together and be on the same team when really, though, there is still a hierarchy? Yeah, it's like anything, right? We need to balance the feminine and the masculine. And Mm -hmm. You know, the name of my podcast is Leadership is Feminine, right? Because my goal is to help women who lead just like you, which is frankly a lot of how I lead, understand that's an asset that you Mm -hmm. we don't want to stop using. We just need to understand some of the structures and the approaches that also allow for direction, directive leadership, because that is important. But The male, it's interesting. I was just talking to somebody this morning about this. The masculine leadership models that all of us have lived under and that honestly have been in place for thousands of years, right, are not working as well as they used to. And 
you know, we're sort of watching that happen before our eyes and we're seeing the impact on a whole world and society, maybe even when there's some approach or some attempt to keep leadership authority that way. So you get to keep all that collaborativeness. And what I advise my clients on is also that you are worthy of a no when you mean no. And uh, this way, when I want it this way. And here's how I want you to do this. And I'm going to hold you accountable to it. And actually today, we're just going to do it the way I would like it done. Thank you. So we don't always have to collaborate. And just because today it's not a collaboration day doesn't mean I'm a jerk. It just means this is how we're going to go. So it's it's a balance. Yeah, it's always a balance. It's learning how to develop that side of yourself too. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot. There's like, I just so badly want to be coached by you on this right now, but I, I won't, <laughs> Let's do I, won't it. I won't pursue that right now. But I mean, I think though that something, and then Sandy, I'll, I'll jump out, but something that was said to us when we were, we were going through this fundraising process over the last year, and it was not for the faint of heart. And we had a conversation with this really interesting, powerful woman who has a really high role in the world and deals with a lot of kind of entrepreneurial matters at a really high level. And she just very frankly said to Sandy and I, you know, it's still a man's world. And just like, it's true. Like I can say that, that I fully believe that at this point in my life and in my career. And I just want to know, like, because we don't engage in the same leadership and management and sort of like public styles as men, like I just, I still feel like it's holding us back and I don't want to be that other thing. I don't want to go too no. far to the masculine side because it's so unnatural for me. But like, what do you tell women when like we're sitting in that reality, right? Like, where do we go from there? Like, where do we go from here? Well, I think it's the balance, right? And I, this is probably a dumb example, but I'll use it. Like, you know, my kid, I have a 17 year old, speaking of 17 year olds, he hates school. And he's, the whole thing is so restrictive and he gets very mad at teachers. I'm like, listen, it's a game. It's not who you are. It's a game. Because I worked in corporate for 20 plus years. I get the game. And you have to be able to know when we're playing the game. But your culture, your team, your business, that's yours, mama. But when you're out there, yeah, when you're playing with PE boys and venture capitalists and all that, yes. Is there a game there? Yes, absolutely. And it is incredibly important to have other female allies who have gone before you, who know how to advise you in those circumstances. I have a really close girlfriend and client who just did a merger for her business, $1.6 billion. (laughs) she is no shrinking violet, let me tell you. But with her team, she is all that, that we've talked to collaborative. She's all about accountability and ownership. She has her edges, but she's incredibly empathetic. So I don't think it is either or, but I do think you have to, just like you said, there's a truth I have to tell. And I want to play in this space and I want to play in investment space. That it's like a whole language that you have to learn, but it doesn't mean you have to become a different human. It's a skill like anything else. 
Yeah, no, I love the separation of like out there in the world, you play the game, you put on this facade, and then in your own team, you can be who you want to be and like lead in the way that you want to be with those elements of the feminine. Yeah. And the more women like you who do mm-hmm. go into and and work with investors, the, the good news is you're creating space for more women. Right. And that's the problem is there's just not even a lot of women who are investing in other women who have the capital, but it is changing. It's better now than it was five years ago. So we just have to keep going and eventually this game will change. Mm-hmm. It will be. Yeah, it's hard because we've also some of the most horrific experiences have been with other women who have gone, I think, like too far in one direction to play the game, you know, and it's like, wow, like that hurts even more because it's so shocking that you would say that to us. Like, are we not all in the same team here? You know, it's it was really, really hard, but no. I know exactly what you're talking about. And listen, (laughs) you know, and to my thought about that, because I've worked for those women as well, right? Like I've always, my daughter and I have this discussion because we're huge NWSL sports soccer fans. And, you know, they're really, the male coaches are like, it's like on Exodus, right? (laughs) Two left. And, you know, we talk about how we need more women in women's soccer. But I always temper that conversation with my daughter. I'm like, listen to me. There's female coaches who are (laughs) not great coaches. So it's not just gender that we're talking about, right? But there are, I, my thought about women who have sort of adopted such sort of strong male persona behaviors, masculine behaviors, is they had to figure that out to cope wherever they were and Mm -hmm. it served them, right? Rather than feeling alienated by them only because... I don't know. That's their business. If it mm-hmm. works. I just don't have to work with them, I guess. <laughs> That's why I work with women now. <laughs> so of the women that you work with, I saw an email that you wrote August 1st. Actually, I just looked it up. And you use this word, the economy is wackadoodle right now. <laughs> <laughs> it's very, very professional. Are you? Yes. What are you trying to say? <laughs> Look it up. Very serious Buffett. economic term. Buffett uses that word. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's right. So I would just love to hear your thoughts about like this sort of, are we going into recession? Or are we not? Like, how are you helping your women cope, lead, understand, make decisions in a wackadoodle world? Such a great question. I don't know. <laughs> We're going into a recession. <laughs> you know, I worked with women all through COVID and I'm so proud of the women that I worked Mm -hmm. with, you know, everybody stayed in business. Everybody made more money. It was like, right. Like it was not what we all feared it would be. So I think that market resilience, regardless, obviously has to do with your product and what you sell and what's going on in the world. So we don't ever dismiss that, but I really do believe that cultures, companies that are places that people want to spend time where they feel seen, where they feel heard, especially Gen Zs and millennials, like this age group that where most of us are hiring, they want to be a part of something. They want to serve purpose. Like we have to keep all of that in mind as we go through this. So why is it wackadoodle? Because we've got all these different people at work. We've got Gen Xs who are like, listen to me, stop arguing. Just do what I ask, right? Don't even talk about the boomers who don't even want 
like, just do your job. Like, why do I see you? Right. Like it's everybody's got these different perspectives. <laughs> and right now, I mean, every week I do four calls a week, <laughs> my clients, every call, someone's on the phone. Okay. 12 people have asked me for a raise today. Uh, mm-hmm. Everybody, okay. She just got a raise last month. Am I supposed to give her another raise? Like the money situation right now is so real because the bigger companies, I was on a call with an executive coach who coaches like probably firms that you guys have been in rooms with, with these investments, you know, they have lots of cash. And I said, you know, my clients are really struggling with comp. Like people are demanding salaries and and hourly wages that are so much higher than they were. And she's like, yeah, we don't have that problem because they have so much cash. So now the small business owner is competing with the larger business who can throw a lot more money in and they can't absorb a $5 hourly rate difference for 10 people. So what then can you offer? So those are things we talk about. If I can't offer more comp, what can I do? What else do I do in the world that makes it a desirable place to work? Right. I have a client and her partner, they own a really cool foodery, eatery, right? So they can't pay a ton of money, but the culture and the vibe and like, right, it's sweet. It's fun. It's where people want to go. So you got to think about that right now. And then the other truth with that, I guess I'll say one other thing is it is weird. People are quiet quitting, they're text quitting, they're saying yes, and then you never hear from them again. And rather than taking all that personally, getting really upset, really strung out, we just have to say, well, all right, (laughs) just roll with it. We're going to go find someone else. Because otherwise you're just creating lag in business performance. Mm -hmm. You lose your mind. I think like there's that, what I was talking about earlier with the control, I was coaching someone yesterday who, and I said, wouldn't it just be great if like we could do our business and the whole world had no thoughts about what we were doing? (laughs) Wouldn't that be great? And she's like, yes, that's what I want. And then she realized like, oh wait, that's obviously insane. But I just like this whole, like, I just wish they do as I would say, you know, like, can you not just like, please, like, I want to control the world. I want to control the clients. Yeah. 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 It's funny. But we know um, that we can actually hold people accountable if they yeah, don't do it. It's so hard. I know this is what you coached us on years ago. Yeah, it's Here's not, what I expect. It's it's not hard. It's what you think will happen. Right. That you make be hard. Yeah. The people pleasing. They're going to be mad and they're going to quit. Yeah. And it's funny that you're saying this whole control thing because I did a class last week on people pleasing for my clients. And I talked about how if you think about people pleasing... Like it's like a range, right? So you got two sides, like people pleasing is over here. And then people controlling is over here. It's like that they're two sides of the same coin. Right. So I either over accommodate people and please do the people pleasing. So I don't feel uncomfortable by saying no, or I over control you. So I don't have to feel uncomfortable when you fail. And so we just, it's like, (laughs) it seems we pick one or the other. Right. And, and regardless, we're going to feel uncomfortable. So if we could just all get really comfortable feeling uncomfortable, we could do anything. Mm-hmm. Mm. That's like such a good life lesson, like just to live by. I mean, that's like generally true about anything. It is like resilience, <gasps> resilience, emotional resilience is a huge asset. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, it just reminds me, Sandy shared an article about Elon Musk with me last year. And it was basically saying that his like success is largely due, this author was saying his success is largely due to his like unreasonable ability to take on risk. Mm. And it's like kind of the same thing. It's like, if you can have an unreasonable ability to take on discomfort, you can mm-hmm. do anything if you're willing to just like be totally like naked <laughs> as you're walking yeah, like, through life. Like, yeah, just like that's just it. That's all you need. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm officially going to make this part of our program now. Jenny is like, we always say you have to be uncomfortable, but I want to add to that as an entrepreneur, there always, you need to be comfortable with discomfort, but also with disappointment. I feel like there's always something to be disappointed about and you can choose your why do you feel disappointed? But I think that's just like, I'm just getting really at ease with disappointment too, right? Yeah, things happen. They don't go the way you want. And you can either make that mean, because what entrepreneurs do, right? What women do, I think a lot of is somebody doesn't do something the way they wanted it done and it becomes very personal. Mm -hmm. And it isn't. And if we know that all we really have to do is say, hey, this isn't exactly how we discussed it. Can you redo it and include this in this? <laughs> That's all we had to do. But it's like, great, yeah, we, thanks, do I'll do it. we just take it and we fix it. Mm-hmm. We work 12 extra hours. Yeah. That's know. pretty That's much very confronting. Right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so what else is going on in Chris Plackey's world? Like, how's your business? How are you? How have you come out of the pandemic? It's great. I, you know, maybe you, you two feel this way. I think it's ridiculous that I get to do what I do and get paid (laughs) for it. I really do. I work with absolutely brilliant people. You know, I made a decision a very long time ago that I didn't want to have a huge, huge thousands and thousands and thousands of people kind of business. So I have an intimate culture in my program the how to CEO program. I know everybody. I know everybody's business. I know what happened last week. And that's important to me because that feeds me. That's what I want in the work that I do. So I'm very proud of what we've built and how I've stayed very committed to my area of expertise and where I know people need help, even though I'll be honest, you know, I I did a VIP day with Allie Brown a couple of years ago. That was an interesting story. And she looked at me, I told her everything I do. And she said, okay, so you need to educate people quite a bit before they hire you because people don't even know that what I do is something that could be solved. Most people who are dealing with team, they just think it's supposed to suck and like, that's how it is. And so we had this conversation about the education process, but what was really funny about working with Allie is I spent a whole day with her and then she's like, I'm going to hire you. So then she hired me to help her with her team, right? So it's just interesting. Like here's this world-renowned business coach, right? She's exceptional at what she does. And Mm -hmm. also, how do I write job descriptions? (laughs) Right. (laughs) Like the simplest things. Yeah. Yeah. And then the other thing that's been really cool is I've been doing retreats in Hawaii with my clients for years. Mm -hmm. You know, once you're an alumni client, Well, there was a moment when it was like COVID days and you were like, I'm tired of this. I'm I'm getting the hell out of here. I'm going to Hawaii. Who is coming? And Jenny and I were like, like just shaking, like wanting to do it so badly. And I was like, so fun. And that one was a trip because the hotel was Turtle Bay Resort, which is where I always go, 
was ripped. Like they were remodeling it. It looked haunted. It was such a trip because we stayed in the condos. It was a trip. There was nobody there. It was heaven to be in home in March, 2021. I will never forget that. It was like, oh, this is what Hawaii's like. Um, But that's been growing. And that, so this last year, I've done two now for the last couple of years. And this last year, I actually sold two at the same time. Like people could register for two. That was super fun. And then I just started a program called Sage CEO, which is like my kind of premier program for six, seven women at a time. And those are women who are at the multi, multi multi-million dollar level, but also have kind of wrangled this team stuff. So now, you know, one is inventing a whole new other literal product in the world. Another one wants to sell. Actually, two of them want to sell. Another one wants to expand. So they're doing all this other really interesting work, which is what happens once you get the team at that level. So Mm -hmm. when you are working with those people, are you helping them with stuff beyond just team? Yeah. So, you know, I am a life coach. <laughs> oh, I know. Right? That's how I know you. Mm-hmm. And I'm a little bit of a, I think uh, Allie actually called me a business Buddha. You know, I do a lot of work around intuition and energy, not healing, but just helping people really direct who they are and finding their voice and finding their footing. And so when I work with women who are so successful, you know, it's amazing how many women are running multi-million dollar businesses and feeling incredibly lost. Mm -hmm. And so my favorite thing is to work with people who have all the tools they could possibly ever need, have all the choices and can't pick. Mm. They can't find themselves in it. And so that work is, there's a lot of business work. And what's cool is they're all kind of in that same space together. So they also leverage one another, which is fun but we do really interesting exploratory questions and they do four trips with me a year. So super fun. Wow. Yeah. I'm having a great time. We need to build trips for our high-end clients. Yes. Because who else gets to go on them? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. I like a trip. Yeah. Yeah. It's been a while. Yeah. I know my twins are almost done with high school. So next year, will be really fun. My daughter's going to play soccer, so I will have commitments to go watch her play, but otherwise... Freedom. (laughs) Sounds great. It's a new life. All right, Jenny, do you want to do Joy and Hustle? (gasps) Yes. So Chris, it's happening now. (laughs) At the end of every episode, we ask our guests to share a Joy and Hustle. So if you could just share with our listeners something that's bringing you joy in their life right now, and a tool that you recommend that could help them hustle in their business or career. Okay. So joy, I think is going to be silly. I Probably people, everybody says that, huh? But yeah. I love watching women's soccer. So joy for me, we just moved. And so none of the TVs are working, you know, that whole life part of moving. It's so awful. And yesterday I was so overwhelmed and I just said to my daughter, I just, I just want a TV to work so I can watch soccer. <laughs> just my favorite thing. And it's, it's soccer season. So I just love watching women play soccer. I, I am so impressed with these athletes and I enjoy the whole culture. So that's huge right now for me. I could tell you all the things and then hustle. <laughs> your favorite. My favorite tool <laughs> to help you hustle and achieve more of what you want 
is your brain. Oh, such a life coach. You're such a life coach. <laughs> Listen to me. It is the most <laughs> underutilized. I've, I actually have this as a quote. It is your most underutilized performance tool is your brain. So like, take care of that shit. Mm-hmm. Not allowed to swear. That's fine. Yeah. yeah. Fine. But you got to take care of that brain. You need somebody yeah. to help you with it. Yeah, absolutely. Everybody. That's No one's ever said that. And I'm surprised. So well done. Well done, Chris. We got a lot of acuity. And then you come down with like the brain. It's that's- I, cause I don't like any of those things, right? Like I'm such a visionary. Right. You're like tool Asana. I'm like, listen to me. If you tell me I have to use that crap, like I, this is why I had to learn how to manage people because I don't, <laughs> I'm not touching it. I don't know how to, I don't want to do any of that. I just want to create stuff. That's great. <laughs> That's awesome. So tell everyone where they can find you if they want to learn more about you and your programs and your podcast, of course. Yes. So my podcast is Leadership is Feminine with Chris Plackey and it's on anywhere you could find podcasts. And my website is chrisplackey.com. And if you want, you can check out the How to CEO program, which is right there on the website. We actually have that open for registration most times and you just get 12 weeks of Q&A support through the course so that if you have questions specific to your team, you can come to a call and we'll help you out. And to to go to Hawaii, you have to be a client? You have to have been a client or be a client. Yes, it is only open to people who have experienced my wackadoodle. There's gonna... a little little bit of a learning curve. I used to let people come who didn't yeah. know me and then the people who did and there was just gap. Yeah, I can so see So I that. think if I were ever going to do one that was like open, I would just say it's for people who've never worked with me because I'd have to kind of start yeah. differently. Yeah. I think we're just going to call that this episode the getting <laughs> wackadoodle with Chris Blackie. <laughs> How to navigate it. Yes. <laughs> That's great. Well, Chris, thank you so much for the time spent with us today. Appreciate you and all your work. And we'd love to follow you. And we're just so glad that you're in our world, really. Me too, thank you. you. Thank you. <laughs> great to thank see you, Chris. You. Thanks, guys. Hey, before you go, if you enjoy listening to our podcast and you know that your future involves teaching or coaching online, check out our Inner Circle experience. It's where we take these concepts, women in business, money, online business strategy, mindset, feminism, and help our clients take their expertise and transition it to an online offering. It's a one-year program with high-touch strategy and mindset coaching, online business courses, and the best community on the internet. To apply, head over to theinnercircle.works, fill out our short two-minute application, and if we believe you're a great fit, you'll receive access to a private advanced training on creating a profitable online business and all the program details. Go to theinnercircle.works to learn more.